When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. I'm Aaron McMahon. We've got a doubly sweet episode for you today as both the Michigan men and women have advanced to the Sweet 16 of the NCAA basketball tournament. We talk about how they got there and what to expect next right here on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys. Well, we've got both uh, both the men and women's team advancing to the Sweet 16. I did look. The first thing I did when I saw the women make it, I checked that there are a couple couple other programs that have have both the men's and women's team. Or Oregon and and Michigan women's opponent coming up, Baylor. They 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 both have have both their teams in. But still, this is a this is an impressive accomplishment for the school and you know, for the women's program in particular that had not gotten there ever before in program history we talked about it in the, in the weeks leading up to this tournament like they were looking at a seed that could get them there um it might take you know a minor upset but not not a huge one to get there and and you know they pulled it off by by beating three seed tennessee so yeah let's let's start there ryan and aaron as well just you know as far as the two games for the michigan women and, and what's coming next but yeah how did how did they do it how did they pull off this trip to the sweet 16 Honestly, it was pretty surprising with just, I mean, they were struggling big time heading into the NCAA tournament. I mean, they scored a season low 49 points in their uh, Big Ten opener against Northwestern. And then sure enough, on game day against Florida Gulf Coast, we find out that Amy Dilk, their starting point guard, did not travel with the team. Um, Obviously, a, a huge loss for them. So it's like, all right, I mean, maybe they can squeak by Florida Gulf Coast. But to, to upset a, a Tennessee team that, that has the size and length that they do in, in the conference that they play in um, just didn't really seem like a likely possibility. But I, I think in both games, it, it started with, with their defense. I mean, Florida, and they're completely different teams, too. I mean, Florida Gulf Coast, we, I think we talked about this beforehand, they shot more threes than anybody else in the country by more than 200 this year. <laughs> um, and they just, Michigan did a good job defending the perimeter and um, held Florida Gulf Coast to just nine of 29 from beyond the yard. And Leah Brown, like, oh my gosh, like she looked, she returned to form in, in a big way for Michigan. I mean, she missed 35 days earlier in the year with, with COVID, and then the, the team had a pause. Um, so she just didn't really look like herself in, in her return. But against Florida Gulf Coast, I mean, it was a, a close game to, to start the third quarter. And she scored 19 points in, in the third quarter. And her, her mid range jumper was just on fire. I mean, it's every time she, put up everyone she put up is so you kind of just knew it was going in kind of gave Michigan a nice little cushion there and, and they kind of just rolled with it in in the fourth quarter for uh, an 87 to 66 victory and then yeah uh, I mean Michigan was it was an underdog against a Tennessee team with, with four starters 
with uh, that are six foot one or taller. I mean, Michigan's the tallest players, Nas Hillman at, at six foot two. So I, I really thought their, their size would, would give, give uh, Michigan some fits, but not, not, it was not the case. I mean, Michigan out rebounded Tennessee, one of the best rebounding teams in the country, 42 to 40. Um, they each scored 32 points in the paint and, um, yeah, I mean, they held Tennessee to 19 points in, in the in the first half, a season low for them. So, again, a really good job on, on the defensive end for, for Michigan and to accomplish this feat, which, um, yeah, like Andrew said, I mean, this is a big deal for, for this program. They had never gotten this far. Every other time they reached the second round, they got blown out by double digits. And for them to, to win a game by double digits in the second round is is pretty impressive. Yeah, and I think, you know, the fact that it, it happened against Tennessee – matters too, um, you know, especially just kind of the common fan. I mean, a, a three seed is a three seed, but I was looking like, you know, Georgia was a three seed um, out there or, you know, some of the other teams that were like in the top 25 that uh, you just might not know as traditional powers, I don't know, South Florida and like Missouri state or something like that. Like these teams where you'd have to then like explain to people, you know, if you're kind of defending the the program's win, like, Oh no, they're really good this year. Like you don't have to do that with Tennessee. People know what Tennessee's about. Um, even if they're not, you know, they, they weren't maybe, you know, in contention for national championship this year, uh, like in some of the past years, but, but still that's a, I hate this word, but they're just such a big brand in women's college basketball that I think that made it, you know, kind of even, even more special for them. And, you know, now they get, now they get Baylor, I guess, you know, Ryan, from being in some of these, you know, these, these post-game zooms, uh, you know, that were relegated to in these times. I mean, do you get the sense that they've got to be happy to be there, but you know what I mean? But you don't want to just be happy to be there, if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. I mean, and Nas says, oh, yeah, this is a huge accomplishment for, for her and the team, but I mean, they, they hope they're, they're not done yet. I mean, they, it, it, the last last win was an upset, but if they can knock off Baylor, the, the defending national champions who have just rolled through the season, are twenty seven and two. I watched a little bit of their game against Virginia Tech um, right after the Michigan game, and I mean they had like Tennessee, they have size at, at pretty much every position. Um, they have four players averaging in double figures and scoring. Uh, I mean they are the real deal. Um, so I, and I, I looked this morning and, and Michigan is a, a 13 point underdog. So <laughs> to kind of give you a sense of, of where, um, the, the handicappers are putting this game at. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it would be, it, it would be quite the feat to, to even get to, uh, the lead eight at this point. Um, just knowing how, how dominant Baylor has been. I don't know much about this Michigan women's basketball team, but based on what I've heard from you talk about Ryan and what you've written in the, this season, it, it seems like confidence is not an issue with them you know they, they've been upset about their rankings and, and the like this year and it it seemed at this point you know not to use a betting reference but it, it's almost like they're playing with house money i mean they have two wins that got to a place where they're not used to playing so at this point it's like you know i in, in a way they got really nothing to lose so i think it, they're in a pretty good spot yes baylor probably is you know it's a good team and good program and the like but i think you know you gotta like their 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 spot right now and their their confidence heading into the next game yeah you you brought up a good point because I, I think earlier in the year yeah the confidence was something i mean they got to their first 10 and 0 start and I, I think maybe they were a little bit too overconfident a, after that point and and down the stretch when they lost four of six uh they after pretty much every post game uh post game zoom conference they were saying like we got to find our confidence again like we're they were not hitting outside shots they they weren't scoring as much um, and, and just relying on, on Nas Hillman 
pretty much every time down the floor and, and they were losing games because of it and, and they were struggling. So yeah, I mean, I think even going into the NCAA tournament, I don't think they were a very good or a very confident team just because they had struggled down the stretch, but they had that, that week off to, to practice and, and kind of get their groove back. And, and once they beat Florida Gulf coast and scored 87 points, uh, I think that was like, all right, like we're, we're, we kind of found our, our groove again, like we were early in the season. Um, and that kind of carried over in, into Tennessee. And I think that that short turnaround from the Florida Gulf Coast game might have might have helped them, too. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see if they can keep it rolling. But, yeah, I think at, at this point they, they are pretty confident heading into heading into Baylor. I mean, we talked about this is they're going to have to play a team like this eventually. I mean, I, I looked at the bracket, all the ones and twos uh, advance. They're all still in it. So if it wasn't Baylor, you know, UConn's at the top of the bracket or you'd be somewhere else playing a Stanford or a Louisville or something like that. So, you know, at this stage of the tournament, these are the teams you're playing. I, it's funny. I checked the, I checked to see if there's a line too. It, it's funny on DraftKings, it was, it was the only one being offered for, for the women's tournament currently. I don't know if that's just because we're, we're in the state of Michigan. So, you know, they, they showed it to us, but yeah, I know, I know that as well yeah Baylor 27 and 2 like you mentioned haven't lost since January 16th so yeah that'll be that'll be quite the challenge but you know we'll we'll see and I don't we'll think see. we mentioned that the game time yet yep. is is 3 p.m Saturday in, in San Antonio so all right yep so they get down they're back on the same schedule as uh the men's tournament I guess because that's that's when their games are as well Saturday and Sunday the Michigan men will play Sunday at five o'clock um against four seed Florida State yeah, Michigan, you know, you're the one seed, you get to play a 16. And, you know, as most people know, only one has ever lost. So, yeah, they didn't have any trouble with, with Texas Southern. They didn't play great, uh, you know, in, down the final minutes of that game. But, you know, they still still won rather easily. And then beat LSU in a, in a game where basically the better team prevailed over 40 minutes. But early on, man, LSU's shot making was really impressive. Was it not? I thought so. I mean, I, I, it looked like the team that I think we talked about last week that played at Alabama in the SEC title game. I thought, I thought LSU could have been a dangerous team. I think I had them as my sleeper. And in fact, I think I had them picking. I had them yeah. over Michigan. You did. You um, did. Ended up being a close game. I, I do think Michigan was the better team. They, they, they were obviously able to close the game there down the stretch. And I think that's what good, te- good teams do. You, you find ways to, to finish games. And, and they did. Uh, so credit to Michigan. They've obviously been without Isaiah Livers. Uh, they'll continue to play without him, you know. It, so it's it's a good win for Michigan. Uh, I think matchup wise with Florida State, I, I think it's pretty good. I, I, Florida State does have some length, obviously, so that's obviously mm-hmm. should be a concern for them. Uh, but this, to me, this Florida State team is very consistent. I've watched them quite a bit this year, and, and they they played well at times, and they've looked awful at others. So if Michigan ca- catch them at the wrong time, this is very well a game that they can and probably should win. I, I think. Yeah, I mean, listen, Florida, it, it, it's kind of supposed to get tougher. I mean, there's, there's matchups, obviously, like involved, but, you know, you just played an eight seed that was an eight seed for a reason. And part of that was just the way they played defense. I mean, you, you saw Michigan got, you know, a, a lot of the looks it wanted, especially from from three in that game. And that's why they were able to, you know, stick around when LSU was hitting the shots they were and then, you know, eventually, you know, take the lead. But yeah, Florida State, I mean, you know, from from what I've seen so far, and I'll be I'll be you know, digging into them more. I've got a call today with, you know, an ACC uh, coach to kind of give me, you know, the, a little more of the scoop on them. But um, yeah, I mean, they play, they do start a, a true center, a, a seven footer. And then the other four guys are, are and including some of their, their bench guys are kind of interchangeable. They're not, you know, coaches like to talk about positionless basketball. They kind of, that's kind of what they, 
they are. So, and, and that center I mentioned, he plays like a, you know, a fraction under a little under 20 minutes a game. So they'll go small too at times. And, you know, those are the teams that could potentially give Michigan trouble, you know, to reason uh, if you look at Alabama, I think that's a tough matchup because if you can, you know, bring Hunter Dickinson away from the basket, but then also defend him at the other end, then you're in business. LSU's issue, they, they could do the one thing on offense, but Defense, they, they they decided at least that they had to double team him to, to stop him. And that that's when, you know, he finds guys for threes. So we'll see what Florida State does. I mean, I don't think they'll they'll feel the need to when their true center is in there, but you know, we'll see how they, they match up minutes wise with with some of their other guys. But yeah, talent, you know, some NBA talent on this team. Uh they shoot, you know, really well from three. They're at 38% for the season. That's, you know, 16th in the country. Yeah, I mean, defensively, they're they're 31st overall, uh, you know, per KenPalm.com, like they're, you know, they're, they're a balanced team, but like Aaron mentioned, there've been, there've been some duds. I mean, they lost to the UCF team at home by 12 that, you know, Michigan absolutely, you know, smoked, uh, you know, in, in December, they lost to Notre Dame to close the regular season, you know, and then, you know, a couple losses to, to Georgia tech, including in the, uh, you know, ACC championship, but they've, they've looked better here in the NCAA tournament, you know, two double digit wins, including, you know, an 18 point win over five seed Colorado on Monday night to get here. But yeah, it should be, it should be a fun game. Very frustrating team to bet on too. I've, I've been burned by <laughs> Florida state a lot, a lot this year on either side. So yes, I <laughs> very volatile team. Yeah. And uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be talking to the coaches today, but uh, I happened to talk to Leonard Hamilton on the phone a few weeks ago, just because uh, Jawan mentioned his name in a press conference, Leonard Hamilton coached for, uh, at least part of a season uh, as a head coach of the of the Washington, uh, I think it was the Bullets at the time. You know, Washington Wizards. Now, when when Jawan was there as a player, and the two you know stayed in touch. I'm sure uh, Leonard Hamilton being uh, at University of Miami, and then now for the last 19 years, I think it is, uh, if not more, at Florida State, um, and Jawan being in that you know Miami you know in Florida at least you know for for the end of his career you know helped them keep in touch. And, you know, Jawan went down there after he got hired by Michigan, or maybe if he was in Miami at the time, he went up there to Tallahassee to, you know, to kind of meet with him. And, you know, he's called him a mentor and, you know, Leonard Hamilton has, has had nothing but, uh, you know, great things to say about Jawan and his career. So that'll be, that'll be interesting to see them, them match up. You know, Michigan fans will remember they, these two programs faced each other in 2018. That was uh, in the elite eight Michigan won just a, a grinder of a game, 58, 54, you know, it was, it was, it was really tight kind of all the way. And then remember Duncan Robinson hitting the, hitting the big three in that game to, to get Michigan to the, to the final four, this one, of course, to get to the uh, elite eight, but uh, we'll see. It's um, I think it's, I think it's absolutely helped that Brandon Johns has, you know, gotten in, you know, started like, you know, we were talking about how Isaiah livers injury came at like the worst possible time, right. You know, right before, you know, right in the, the big 10 tournament leading in the NCAA tournament. Well, the true worst possible time would have been like right now um, because you were able to play two games, you know, when you're, you're, you know, the favorite, especially one against a 16 seed and, and three games, if you go back to the big 10 tournament without him and, and get Brandon Johns in there and get him some confidence. And I thought, I think he's looked really good and, and will be important for them uh, going forward. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, you need that time to adjust and adjust your lineups and find out who's rolling and who's playing well. And, and they, they were able to get that. And they've obviously been able to get some wins in the process. So it's right. it's certainly, they're probably the best case scenario at this point. They found someone, they found kind of the, the, work, the lineup and the guys, the rotation that works for them. And they're still alive. So that's all that matters. 
and like Andrew said, I mean, w- without livers, then you kind of need other guys to step up too and, and, and put more pressure on the bench players. And, and sure enough, I, I, against LSU, it was Shawnee Brown. I mean, the guy scoring 21 points uh, off the bench and in 27 minutes of play. I mean, that's big time right there going three of six from, from three point range too. I mean, so yeah, if they're going to continue this run, they're, they're going to need um, some different guys to, to step up and, and play bigger roles. And, and so far that they've, they've been able to get that. If I recall correctly, he had a big game off the bench against Ohio state, right, Andrew? Yes. In the regular season matchup. Right, right, right. And I see, it seems like they need him off the bench for, especially that scoring punch. I mean, he provides energy and, and everything else, but when he can score, he can shoot well. I think he just adds so much to their, their rotation and then their lineup. And, and, you know, given the tournament time and it's one, one and done, it's it's crucial for him to, to play well. And, and I thought he did the other day. I think you're absolutely right. Um, he did not score against Texas Southern. They obviously didn't need it, but but still. And he his only basket against Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament was, you know, if you'll remember that three late when they were making that mm. that charge. And it's like, okay, fine. But now as you're starting to get deeper in this tournament, it, he, he becomes more of, instead of just like a luxury to have him playing better, he, he becomes closer to a necessity to give you that, that punch. Um, and he, and he did that, you know, he did against LSU, you know, Mike Smith did not, did not have a great game. And I think LSU's length bothered him a little bit. Um, you know, some uncharacteristic turnovers, you know, Franz Wagner took a, took a little while to get going. It's just, but they, they, they find, you know, they find the pieces that, that work. You know, Eli Brooks had a had a bigger game. So yeah, I mean, maybe not till the next round or maybe even the final four potentially against like a Gonzaga, would you need you kind of need everyone to be to be on to beat a team like that. For now, you know, you just need to be you just need to be really good. I mean, Michigan's a one seed for a reason. They don't need to play a perfect game by any means to to win these games. I think it's easy, you know, if you're a Michigan fan to start, you know, scaring yourself about, oh, LSU and their offense. And now, <laughs> oh, Florida State's just a, a better, a better version of LSU. And it's like, I don't know if that's a factor of just being the one seed and, you know, having that that pressure or whatever. But again, you know, LSU is an eight seed for a reason. And Florida State's a four seed for a reason. Really, really good, really talented, but, you know, flawed as well. So, like I said, I'll dig into that, you know, the X's and O's of the matchup a, a little more, you know, as we get closer to game on MLive. Uh, dot com, but yes, the women three o'clock on Saturday. Do we have a time uh, a, a channel for that? ESPN, ESPN two. I'm not sure the channel. I just saw the the game time today. So all right, I, um, I think it'd be at least one of those. Yeah, and then the uh, the men at uh, Sunday five o'clock on CBS, uh, and that one will be at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. So a new a new arena for Michigan in this tournament, but they, they, they went there last year for the big 10 tournament. They never actually, you know, played the game there against Rutgers, but they're, they're warming up Florida state did play there, their first game, but, but not their second game of the tournament in this, you know, wild tournament, wherever teams are just moving around all the time within Indianapolis. But yeah, so I don't know. I don't think necessarily any advantage there, but uh, yeah, that's, that's where the Indiana Pacers play. So um, that's where Michigan and Florida state will tip off on Sunday. So both programs in the sweet 16, we'll have more coverage uh, on mlive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening.